0: What he's looking at is our our heart, and is it changing? That's why you don't judge the the, the person next to you. You You don't judge your neighbor and judge anybody else about what they're walking through or going through because God is the one that is leading them if they'll do that. If a person takes what I'm saying today and develops the love of God in their life, there's no end to what can happen. It may not be today or tomorrow or next week, but I promise you it'll come to pass because God cannot lie. He cannot lie. Love doesn't. It, it doesn't strut itself. So, so in the. Um, in the New King James, it, it it doesn't parade itself. It's not puffed up. It doesn't have a swelled head. Love doesn't. Uh, go to the next one. L- love doesn't force itself on others. Love isn't always me first. Love doesn't fly off the handle. Love doesn't keep score of the sins of others. Now, now, you do if you're not walking in love, but love doesn't, okay? So, the love in you does all this if love is in operation, not just the knowledge of it, not just you know what the scripture says, well, I said I got to be kind, dadgummit. It's not enough. See, it's it's not enough that I'm kind because i got to make myself. No, you have to practice being kind and unselfish in a potentially selfish situation or potentially a situation where someone is unkind where you have to practice. What profit is it if you're kind to people that are kind to you? Absolutely nothing. Why? Because there's no faith involved. See, faith works by love. So what that means is that faith really won't work. You really really won't have faith in God and trust God if you're not developing love. You know know what's great about this to me? Is that I don't have to try to love. I get to love. I I don't have to work at loving people. I get the opportunity to, to practice love everybody say practice see I I didn't say I get the opportunity to do love perfectly I get the opportunity to practice it and get better at it every single day and and to me I mean it, it takes this huge weight off of us to have to perform love is not a performance it's a conviction Remember because it all has to do with the heart. It all starts in your heart that you purpose to do something no matter what others do. And no matter what others have done to you in life. Amen? Um, and and here, here's one as, as as I'm reading this next verse. Um, no, go back to the, the one. Yeah, there we go. Love doesn't force itself on others. It's always, uh, isn't always me first. Doesn't fly off the handle. Doesn't keep score of the sins of others. Next verse. Doesn't revel when others grovel. Takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. And verse 7. Puts up with anything. Trusts God always. Always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. Now, I want you to think about something today. Um, One of the reasons, and the Bible's again very clear on this, one of the reasons that we, one of the reasons that people have such difficulty with this is because of fear. Fear self-promotes. Love God promotes. Love is God-promoting. But fear is self-promoting, or it's, it's self-preservation. It's protecting yourself. Because a lot of people feel like that if they don't control things and handle things, that God won't come through. And many people are in fear when good things happen to others because they're afraid things won't happen to them. But here's a verse of Scripture. If you can put that up there for me. I don't think I even gave you the verse, but I had it earlier. First um, Peter 5 and verse 6. And I want you to look at this because there's something really important about this, this passage of Scripture. It says, Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Verse 7, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Verse 8, be sober and vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you've suffered a while, will perfect, establish, and strengthen, and settle you. That's what God will do. To him be glory. Amen? But that's what God will do. So when when we humble ourselves under his mighty hand, it says he will exalt you at the proper time. He will raise you up. He will lift you to a place where you're supposed to be. Most people think they have to lift themselves. I've got to do do it all myself. Not when you submit to God. Not when you submit to His way. Not when you hear His voice and do the things that He says. Not when you practice the love of God and develop the love of God in the lives of other people. It causes you to grow up and then you have a faith and a trust in God that He'll exalt you and elevate you when it's time for you. I promise you, you will elevate yourself at the wrong time. Every single time. God knows best. Everybody say, Father knows best. Father knows best in mine and your life. He knows what's best for us. And He knows when your heart is ready to handle advancement and, and exalting and being lifted up to a new place. He knows when it's time for you. And, and if, if it's not time for you, then you're in a great place. And those are the days we're to be rejoicing and thanking God and and looking for opportunities to be kind, to be unselfish, to not be proud and think more of ourselves than what we should think and on and on and on and on. Everything that we just read here in this passage of Scripture. Can you say amen? Now look look what he says in verse 11. When I was an infant at my mother's breast, I gurgled and cooed like any infant. But when I grew up, I left those infant ways for good. When I grew up and started walking in the love of God, I left the infant ways, the childish ways, and began to step into what God had for me. When a person learns to be kind, to not be about themselves... When a person learns to be about others before themselves, what they're doing is learning how to walk the way that Jesus walked. In um, Romans 13 just turn there real quick. I want to look at this one verse. Romans 13 and verse um, Romans 13 and verse 10, I like this. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Who's your neighbor? It's everybody but you. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. The Amplified says, Love does no wrong. Love does no wrong to anybody. In other words, love never hurts anyone. You will, but love doesn't. So, I don't know about you, If I will hurt someone, then I'm not perfected in love. And I need more development of the love of God so I don't hurt people. And I don't do things to hurt and and disrupt and distract people. Can you say amen to that? Listen, here's, here's a key thing. Jesus never did and never would hurt you. But he was willing to be hurt for you. That's the epitome of love. I'll say it again, that is the epitome of the love of God. Amen? He he never hurt you, and He never would hurt you in any way, shape, or form, but He was willing to be hurt by you. For you, not by you. He was willing to be hurt for you. That is the ultimate understanding of what love is. There's days when God will allow you to take the brunt of a situation for the good of another person. There are many people out there that think that love is all wrapped up in ideas that man have come up with. And I'm telling you today, so much of it has nothing to do with what love really is. Now, i got a little story I'm going to read you out of Second Samuel. And uh, last week when I was talking about uh, Tina Turner and her love, her song, What Has Love Got to Do With It? And I made the comment to you that it was that's a really stupid song. Um, somebody just said to me after service, just made a point and, and, and said something to me about it that really stirred my heart about it. And you know what? That's a really dumb song. The words of those, that song are very, are very, just make absolutely no sense to me. But I wasn't beaten and abused by a man. And she was. So after service, when somebody told me about her story, I went and read her story. How many know the, the singing group Ike and Tina Turner? How many have heard of them? You may have heard of Tina Turner, but before Tina Turner, it was Ike and Tina Turner. And Tina Turner was 17 years old, and she had sung in church and at, at different gatherings for people at weddings and those kind of things. She had a beautiful voice. And uh, her parents were very busy, and they, they gave her over to her grandmother to raise. It was her grandmother and aunt or something like that, and she raised her. And... Uh, she started, I mean, long story short, I'm not going into the whole thing, but um, Ike, Ike Turner found her and started having her sing, and and he didn't think she was all that good, so she just sang backup for a long time. And Ike and Tina became really close friends when she was young, 17, 18 years old. They, they, they became very close friends. She became infatuated with him, not like as a, a husband, because he was so much older than she was, but she just became infatuated with him. And, and he was brilliant in the way that he did things, and he seemed like one of the kindest people that she had ever seen. So, long story short is, he deceived her into thinking that he was one way when he was another way. And uh, over time, he raped her and beat her I mean, she, she was on the Oprah show, if you ever saw it. I, I, that's the little thing that I watched, or, or, or I didn't watch it, I read it from her interview with Oprah. And uh, he, he, he deceived her and he raped her, and then for, I think, I want to say 12 years, he, he made her marry him, and he continuously beat her. He beat her with a hanger until she bled. He beat her with a shoe stretcher. Anybody, any guy know what a shoe stretcher is? You stick in your shoes to stretch those wooden, heavy wooden things. He beat her so hard that she went out on stage to sing and blood was just dripping in the back of her mouth. And you think, you know, why wouldn't she leave somebody? She tried time and time and time again. But he, he intimidated her and controlled her all in the name of love. Does that sound like God? Absolutely not. I've, I've heard people make statements before, you know, that, uh, you know, I'm, I love that person so much it just makes me want to die. Well, Jesus loved us so much that he died, but that's not what people are saying. See, that's not love. That's romance and infatuation. And in Ike Turner's situation, it was all about control. And control is not love. God is not in the controlling business. He's in the promoting business. He's in the elevating business. And, and love is not those things. And so the Bible is, provides us with this really clear story of, of a real similar situation to Ike and Tina Turner. And it's found in 2 Samuel 13. And I'm just going to jump right into it and I'll explain it as I'm going. And after this Absalom the son of David had a lovely sister whose name was Tamar and Amnon the son of David loved her. Now why would, why would, this, why would this start out talking about David's son Absalom why did not you just go right to David's son Amnon? Well it's because Absalom and Tamar were brother and sister from the same mother Amnon was from another one so in those days you know they were uh, uh, Mormons, uh, <coughs> or whatever. I, I don't know. I, I'm not against anybody. I'm just, I'm just joking. With <coughs> In those days, they had a bunch of them. So, um, so, so he says. So he says. <laughs> and Amnon, the son of David, he loved his sister. Same father from another mother. But he loved his sister. Amnon was so distressed, Amnon was so distressed over his sister. One translation said, he was so distressed from his love of his sister, Tamar, that he became sick. God is love. And God doesn't make you sick. So that wasn't love. That was infatuation, that was lust, that was control. And as a result of this passion and control and drive that he had in the name of love, he deceived his sister, he raped her, and then he wanted nothing to do with her. Just read the story. I'm going to tell you again, this is what he did. He deceived her, he raped her, And then he wanted absolutely nothing to do with her. Exactly what Ike Turner did to Tina Turner. And you know what Tina Turner did in 1984? She did an album and this was this this song is a multi, multi platinum album and sold millions and millions after she got away from him and what Now get this when I say this. What her song says is, what does love have to do with it? And from her perspective, absolutely nothing because of what she saw love was. But what does love have to do with it when you see it from the side of what love really is, which is God, has everything to do with it. And and you know what? I'm going to tell you this. I mean, this 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 really breaks my heart after reading this story about Tina Turner but Tina Turner has a very 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 warped understanding of what love is she was raised in the church she sang in the church but now her beliefs in life are whatever God is whatever and whatever you can be. And actually what she's promoting is that people change their ideas about God. That's what she's promoting. I mean, she still prays the Lord's Prayer, but she has a warped idea. Why? Because what someone did to her in the name of love has never been able to get out of her. And the only thing that will change that that has been branded because of the beatings. Can you imagine being beaten till you're bloody with a coat hanger? Can you imagine being beat with a shoe stretcher to the point that you go out and sing and your face is so swollen and blood's dripping down the back of your neck and and your throat and you're choking as you're trying to sing? I mean, this wasn't once. This happened over and over and over and over again. Is she justified? Absolutely she is. Will that justification work for her? Absolutely not. She's got to change. I just encourage you to pray for Tina Turner. Amen? She's in her 60s, and she can change. Her whole world can change if we pray and believe God for her. I'm telling you today, that's not what love is. And where those things come from are from movies that people watch from Hollywood, thinking that love is a certain way. But at the end of the day, remember, it's just a movie. And when you go watch all the documentaries about the people that played those roles in the movie, most of them have been divorced three and four and five and 10 and 40 times because they don't have a clue what love is. They have no understanding about life and love. I grew up in a family. We didn't know anything about love. My parents were divorced by the time I was 10 years old because they didn't know what love was. And when my mom passed away, Before my mom passed away three years ago, she told me the greatest experience that she had ever had in life was at a Billy Graham crusade when she gave her heart to God and the day she married my dad. And she lived all those years deceived because she didn't know what love was. You know why? Because two different authorities in her life molested her when she was eight years old in the same year. She had no understanding of what love really was. None. That's why I preach the word with a passion, because I want people to understand. I, I, I don't want to be some idiot husband in the way I treat my wife. I, I mean, I'm not the perfect husband, but I love my wife, and I want to love her more and more. But the only way I can love her with the love that she needs, the way God made her to be loved, is through the revelation from the word. The only way. If I base it on things that I learned growing up where people didn't understand love, how, how can I do that? You can't do that. You have to learn this. And I promise you, do not learn it from Hollywood. Listen, listen to me. The majority of Hollywood, get, I'm going to say this and then I'll, then I'll correct, I'll, I'll, I'll say what needs to be said about it. Most of Hollywood and their platform, they're idiots. Now, I'm not talking about the people. I'm talking about their platforms. Most of their platforms are idiotic. The things that they stand for. You know, most of them. I didn't say all of them, I said most of them. And they have an amazing platform where they can affect people's lives, and they come up with all these crazy ideas about what life is and what love is. And it's not. God is love. Amen? And what Amon did to his sister, and what Amnon did to his sister, is some perverted mentality that people just get away with. That kind of thing right there. What happened to Tina Turner, people just get away with it today in our society. People just overlook those kind of things. I mean, there's all kinds of help, people getting help for people that have been abused and all that kind of stuff, but but it doesn't, if you don't get, if you don't base What love is on the Word of God, you'll never get free whether you're the perpetrator or you're the victim. You'll never get free. You you can go to 900 different meetings and talking through all your problems, but when you're talking the problem, if, if there's no answer and there's no ability to make changes, you'll never get free. Me, you, I don't care who, I'm not judging anybody. I came from that life. And I'm telling you, You you could sit down and talk to my wife and talk about, she she could tell you some of the difficulties that she's had living with me. Oh, not you, Pat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I didn't know what love was. I had no clue what love was. None. None. And and I I even told her several years after we got married that after what I saw with my parents, I didn't want to get married. But the truth is, she saved me. Somebody's got to step in and save people. And she helped me so I can help others. God wants you to take what I'm saying today and let it help you so you can help others. So other people don't become victims of, of, of abuse and wrong thinking where the love of God is concerned. God wants you and I liberated so we can liberate people. Amen? And there's a whole world of people that don't understand what love is. Whole world. And where does it start? With you. One step at a time, practicing the love of God. Can you say amen to that? So I want to end with this. When I, when when Becky and I, when Becky and I moved to Kerrville, um, we, you know, we just we met all kinds of different people, and one of the things that shocked us is there was a whole group of people that were literally infatuated with a man's teaching on marriage and raising kids that had never been married and never raised a child. I mean, I mean, it it wasn't, it wasn't just, oh, you know, we read a book. No, I mean, I mean, I mean, they were consumed with this guy. And I kept thinking, and we would talk about it, and we'd say to ourselves, something wrong with this picture how can you know anything about marriage if you've never been married? And how can you be an authority on raising kids if you've never raised one? And the closer we got to some of these people and their idiotic ideas about marriage and, and the craziness about raising kids that came from this guy, I, I mean, I, I'm just trying to be really honest. And it doesn't matter who it was, I never mentioned someone's name. I'm just saying, just because somebody wrote a book doesn't mean they're authority. This is the authority, okay? Because I have a pulpit and you're sitting here listening, am I an authority? What I shared with you today, is it true? You better find out. Was I critical of, of anybody? I, I, I'm not even critical of Ike Turner. He's still alive. I mean, in my world, that guy needs to be horse whipped for what he did to that woman. I mean, it's horrible. If what she's telling is the truth, that guy needs to be taken out and about a, half a dozen of us just take him out. But is that love? No. So you can justify all kinds of things But at the end of the day, this is the authority. How to walk in love. How to love the people closest to you. How to raise your children. How to be a grandparent. How to be whatever you were called to be in life is right here in this book. And you won't find it anywhere else. So when you read a book and it's supposedly the authority on how to do a specific thing, especially where the love of God is concerned, you better make sure that it lines up with this. When I teach something like I'm teaching this month, you better make sure for yourself that what I'm saying is true from the Word. That's why when we come here, you know, some, somebody a while back said, man, you read a lot of Scripture. I don't know, I don't know any other way to do it. I, I can't give you what somebody wrote in a Reader's Digest is like, you know, i got to share with you what the Word says. That's what we need. Amen. Amen. The entrance of his word brings light and life to your life. Amen? And it stirs us and brings us to a place of revelation that we've never had before. And I'm telling you, never before in the history of the world did people need to know the love of God and how to walk it out. Now, to you that are married, don't get stressed out by Valentine's Day. Those of you that aren't married, don't be stressed out by Valentine's Day. (laughs) Because you know what? When you don't understand love, there's all kinds of people that are married that wish they weren't. And there's all kinds of people that are single that wish they were married. I'm telling you today, when you're one with God, who is love, everything else will work itself out. Everything will work it out. I'm going to tell you again. If you're married if you're not married don't be stressed out by Valentine's Day hmm? go eat a box of candy instead of give it <laughs> amen